What is up, everybody? Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to another edition of the Malaga Drive Hoops Betting Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Caleb, and it is Tuesday. We got a baby slate today, um, so we can go into a little bit more depth. Um, but before we do that, let's recap yesterday. It was a good day for us yesterday. We cashed uh, Fred Van Vliet over five and a half assists at even odds. To me, man, that that line made absolutely zero sense. I was shocked when I saw it. And it wasn't like I was hitting this at, you know, 11 p.m. the night before when, when props just come out. This was at like, I don't know, 9 Pacific time means like noon on the East Coast. Like how the books were hanging five and a half even odds with Scotty Barnes doubtful made zero sense to me. Um, it ended up closing at six and a half. I know some people may have gotten that. That actually became a little sweat because he got his six assists like early in the third and didn't get his seventh until uh, like late in the fourth. And I think he ended up getting a couple more. But um, if you had five and a half, that was sweat free. No idea. That was a terrible line. Terrible line. Always should have been six and a half, honestly, at, at juiced up odds. Um, and I think that's where we're getting a lot of our edge right now is, is you know, it's not even this like crazy deep analysis, like go to pet potential assists, understand the matchup and, and that they're going into and look at the, you know, the past games. And more often than not, if you're getting like a five, six, seven assist cushion, like why not hit it? Like uh, uh, things have to go wrong for it not to hit and that's okay that will still happen but all in all more often than not it's gonna hit and we kept it up with desmond bain he's been averaging uh i think i believe a 11 or 12 potential assists a game book hangs three and a half plus 122 yes please let me gobble that up a seven assist room so it's just lazy from these books i think they're more focused on spreads because people don't bet props as much but like you I don't know why you're hanging three and a half assists at plus 122 when the man is averaging, you know, 11 or 12 potential assists a game. It's just like not smart. At this point with Bain, I would honestly have it at four and a half or three and a half minus like 140 juiced up. Um, your call. But uh, Lean's actually hit too. Again, we really like the Rockets, but we just, just laid off. Hindsight obviously should have played it, but it was close. It could have won either way. And then uh, we love the Grizzlies off a get smacked up loss back at the crib. Again, same tier level. Uh, so hope someone based off of yesterday's pod hit one of those two. I haven't. I, I honestly leaned off because I was like, dude, I, I feel like the two plays I have are locks. Like, let me just lock this in on a Monday and, and we'll go from there. But um, it was it was a great day. Hoop Sixers got back right. Um, <clears throat> against the Pacers. Um, what else did we have happen? The Blazers, dude. Anthony Simons. If you didn't watch him, uh, he's been struggling this year in terms of you know an off-ball role. He's when he's had his success, he's been the guy, and it's come when Dame's been out. So it's a little bit of an adjustment. Uh, but yesterday was definitely a good step in that direction. And uh, it's just really tough to to figure out the Blazers right now because in my, my eyes. There's some regression coming in a way. I, I do think like it's a lot to put on Dame's plate for the whole year. Like him and Anthony are really, yes, Jeremy's a good scorer, but are those three going to be enough? We will see. They've grinded out three games and I'm not going to discredit yesterday, right? They, they deserve to win. They blew them out. Um, 
But Denver was winning handedly, in my opinion, in terms of just the shots they were getting until Anthony Simons went nuclear. And Anthony Simons made a couple th- – I think he made six threes in the third. Almost all of them were really, really tough shots. And, um, you know, that that was the difference, obviously. But jury's still out for the Blazers for me. And we lean Blazers, but um, we'll see. Uh, Bulls got right and beat the Celtics. That was a big win for them. Uh, Spurs are looking really, really good, man. They're 3-1. and one. Um and on the opposite end of that spectrum, the Timberwolves, yeah, they're only two and two, but both those wins are against the Thunder. One of those games they didn't even have SGA and Giddy. So uh I think there's there's a little bit of trouble brewing in, in Minnesota. I think the experiment of Cat at the four, Rudy at the five is taking a little bit to fully integrate. Um Cat defending in space against fours and uh on switches. It's just interesting. It's interesting to say the least. But uh, again, we got a fun little slate today. I've already locked three plays in, got some leans. Let's talk our way through it. I appreciate you guys being here with me. Without further ado, let's grind. Okay, first game of the day. Let's pull it up. Sorry, I was on the props. I was on the props. First game of the day is the Wizards and the Pistons. Locked us in last night. We're seeing right now the line is at five and a half. I locked the Wizards minus five last night. And uh, I get it, right? This is a pretty gross game. It's a game that most NBA fans won't be watching. Um, And I feel like a lot of people are just going to automatically stay away from this. But I really like the Wizards here today. Um, Let's start with them. You you go through their roster and it's, uh, it's just, it's not sexy. Nothing stands out. But they're built to be just like an average to slightly above average team. Like no real upside down the road, but for now in regular season games, you know, they, they're, they're not a terrible bet. They're two and one beat Indiana in Indiana, which, you know, is not amazingly impressive, but um, I mean, you, you can even take for like, again, it's never as simple as this. And we've seen already examples of how it's never as simple as this, but both these teams, both the Pistons and the Wizards, played the Pacers in Indiana, right? The Wizards played the Indiana at home for their home opener. The Wizards won by seven, but controlled the whole game. Um, you know, up 11 at the end of the first, up eight at half, up 10 at the end of the third. Um, and, you know, the Pacers made a little bit of a run at the end, but they controlled that whole game. I, I want to say it was basically a wire-to-wire win. Detroit, on the other hand, their last game, they went into into Indiana. They won the first quarter and then got dominated basically the second through the fourth. Um, So that right there, again, it's never just as simple as that. But I think it's good because we, we, we have examples of both these teams in the exact same environment. One team took care of business pretty handedly and one team really, really struggled. Um, and again, the Wizards aren't the best team in the world by, by any means. But again, you look at the roster, Bradley Beal, better than at this point, better than anyone the Pistons have. Christophs Porzingis, Monty Morris, Kyle Kuzma, Denny Avia, uh, Rui Hachimura, Will Barton, DeLon Wright, Daniel Gafford. It's just a really solid team. Um, meanwhile, the, the, the Pistons, man, I watched. So I was on them in, in Indiana and I, I have a lot of faith in kid Cunningham. I think he's going to be really, really good. Um, and they had just come off a, a loss. I know it was a back-to-back, but it was a back-to-back with the Pacers too. 
Um, and, and so I wanted to hit the Pistons. I felt like, you know, I, I talked about it. They, they're te- two different teams in two different uh, kind of stages of their franchise. And I feel like the Pistons are trying to take that next step. And the Piston- Pacers are in full on rebuild mode. So I bet on the Pistons, watch that game. And the P- Pacers were just better. The Pacers were just better. The the Pistons have so many guys that see the court where they're just not making the optimal decision. Jaden uh, Ivey is really, really athletic, really, really talented. But And I don't know if partly it was just because he was playing in his hometown in Indiana and was really revved up. But Jaden Ivey was just, anytime he did something good, it was because of pure athleticism. There, there were so many times where he just did not make the right read, where he was loading up, trying to go at four guys at the rim, right? Like, really, Isaiah Stewart, Bojan Bogdanovic, and Cade Cunningham were the, that's Sadiq to an extent, but were the only guys making right plays consistently. And even when Cade does that, a lot of times that right play ends up with the ball being in someone's hands where they're not really comfortable. Sadiq Bey is a good player, but the consistency factor, the, hey, we can go to you every single night and know what we're going to get, isn't there yet. Um, and, and too many guys off this bench are just seeing minutes. Like, Killian Hayes is going to see minutes off the bench. Like, the, when that second unit came in, it was bad. Hamadou Diallo is a good energy guy. He can crash the boards. He can be effective in transition. But in the half court, you can sag off of him. He's a he's he really is not helpful in the in a half court offense. Um, Jalen Duran is super super athletic, and I think he's going to be a really good energizer, big in this league. But you know the the mental side of things, he's still figuring out. So you're just seeing guys, Corey Joseph, who is a smart NBA player, but like you know just it just leaves a lot to be desired offensively. Livers is a good shooter, but that's really all he's doing. If you're closing out on him, you'll be fine. Um, so it really comes down to, they're going to need one of Bojan, Kate or Sadiq to really go crazy. And that's a possibility. Um, but to me, man, I, I just think this Wizards team is a good bit better. And this line basically implies that there's a two point difference, right? Neither of these teams on a back to back, both of them off losses. So there's no real external factor sliding to either way. Um, and this line implies about a two-point difference, maybe two and a half. And I think if these teams were on a, on a neutral court playing basketball, you'd make that line at four, four and a half. So I, I think this number is just off and a little bit short. Um, and I'm, I'm going to take the Wizards. I will say right now, spreads are tough, man. I feel like there's been a lot of changes on a lot of different teams this year. And it's making spreads pretty, pretty tough to read because you can't just use last year. Because 75% of these teams are honestly quite different from last year uh even the good ones so yeah i think this is one of the few spreads i've liked um obviously i like some spreads yesterday but we're, we're gonna lock in wizards minus five i think over the course of the game this is a, a game that the wizards control for most of it the pistons will have some stretches where they come in and um, make it close and i could see it being a somewhat close game like i could see it being within five in the fourth uh, but I think the Wizards at a certain point at home pull away and cover this five by like, you know, a seven to seven and nine point win. All right. Next game is the Mavericks and the Pelicans. Very, very important to note that Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson and Herb Jones are all going to be out. That is three of the five starters for the Pelicans. And so they're going to be um, up against it a little bit tonight. I will say. <clears throat> 
something I've noticed that I think is not quite taken into account um, when betting in the NBA is um, a lot of times when star players or, or good players get ruled out, um, you know, team, people run to, to hammer the other side. And, and that makes sense, right? That would make sense. But um, what I've noticed over the past couple of years is when that happens, generally the value is on the side of the team that lost their players. Because um, one, obviously you're getting be- a better line, but, but what ha- tends to happen um, and, and today's really tough, honestly, like this is three legitimate starters for this team. Uh, but what tends to happen is um, everyone else steps up and everyone else plays better. And it's not as simple as Brandon Ingram, Zion and Herber out. Everyone's going to play, you know, the same that they usually do. And this team's going to get whacked. No, what that usually means is the guys that get elevated into new roles play better and play with more juice. Uh, because they know, hey, we've got to step up and help fill that void. That being said, I'm not touching the Pelicans plus six today. Um, but I think I'd lean it. I think I'd lean it. Again, I think this is a spot where the guys that come in and play for those three are uh, are going to bring it, are going to bring it. I, to me, though, the, the way I'd play this is props. Um, and for me, <clears throat> I don't have anything up yet um, for the Pelicans other than J-Val, and I'm not going to play J-Val. Uh, but guys like Devontae Graham, whether it be assists or points or overall points, rebounds, and assists, uh, someone like Trey Murphy, who should honestly see 34 minutes tonight, um, the books might be ready for that, but if they're not, be ready to pounce on Trey Murphy. Um, this is a guy who's taken a huge step for this team, and he's not going to be asked to do like an insane amount of lifting because Zion and, and Brandon Ingram are you know, the one – 1A, 1B options. Um, but <clears throat> let's look at them. Yeah, 39 minutes last game, right? Because he filled in when, when Brandon Ingram went down. 16 points, 9 rebounds and assists. Um, game 1 in only 23 minutes, he had 16 points on 5 of 7, 9 rebounds. So points and rebounds um, are, are something that I'd be looking at for Trey Murphy if the line dictates it. Now, if the books come out and they cover their asses and and Trey's uh, lines are high, sure, we lay off. But definitely something to take a look at. I consider CJ, like, I don't hate it. I was considering his assists. I think they were at five and a half before the news officially broke. But I was like, ah, let's wait. Maybe Brandon Ingram plays. Obviously, they both get ruled in. His lines have shot up. I still, I mean, he's going to play a ton of minutes, and everything's going to run through him. But that can also backfire because if you have one guy who's so clearly the number one option, uh, a lot of times defense will scheme to take them away. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case today, but just keep that in the back of the mind. Um, but if you did want to you know, play some CJ props, I couldn't blame you. I, w- I wouldn't be mad at you. The usage will definitely be sky high tonight. All right, let's keep it moving. Where are we going? We're going to OKC. Yeah, this is gross, man. This is gross. The... <laughs> Seeing it already thundered without SGA and Josh Giddy. Um, those are the two guys that by far demand the most usage. In fact, outside of those two guys, there's really no one that got consistent touches. So it's going to be a completely different Thunder team. On the Clippers side, Kawhi's still working his way back from um, his knee thing, right? He's probably going to be limited to 20 minutes. Um, and PG's out because he is sick. So you've got a really interesting cap here, something that I'm not too interested in doing right because thunder of the king of the backdoor cover 
countless times they're down 20 at half it doesn't matter backdoor cover and obviously part of that is because their spreads are usually very very high um in this case nine and a half um clippers off a loss I, I mean the clippers probably get this done but if you told me that the clippers were up 20 25 in the third and the, and the thunder came back and, and covered this at the end I, I just wouldn't be surprised like i mean just take for example last game thunder are getting dominated all game i think the, the biggest lead was you know mid to high 20s thunder are down 18 with like two minutes left 8-0 run the last two minutes when the when the t-wolves don't care anymore they lose by 10 um you know, like that's that's the shit I'm talking about. Like you just it's it's not a fun cap because you do everything right. You could have the Clippers and they could be cruising and then the Thunder go blitz them in the last three minutes and get their, you know, 10 to 11 point loss. It's just not fun. Nothing that that interests me. I don't even think the Paul George news like opens up that much because this team is so, so deep and that, you know, there's a lot of times where a big key player gets hurt and that usage just gets sent to basically one guy. That's just not the case here. I think this gets dispersed throughout the lineup, whether that's Marcus Morris, Terrence Mann, uh, you know, Luke Kennard, Robert Covington, Norm Powell, Kawhi, John Wall, Reggie Jack. Like there's so many guys that it could go to. And it's a guessing game in terms of who it is going to go to. The spread is a guessing game. And on the Thunder, like, Sure, again, you would think that props open up with no Gideon SGA by far the two biggest ball handlers on this team. But I don't really necessarily know where it goes either. I would look at Dort. I would look at Trey Mann. I think that's where I would look. Um, but again, this is a team that is, I think, by far the hardest to read rotations-wise. There's been games where, like, you know, Eugene Omaruri plays game one, doesn't play game two, doesn't play game three, plays game four. Darius Baisley. Or maybe they've only played three. Darius Basie plays in the first two games, doesn't play in the third game. Um, now you have some guys out. They're going to want to play. Like uh, Lundy Walters should get it some minutes today. Isaiah Joe should get some minutes. So this is another team where it's just a lot. Like it, it gets dispersed all throughout the team, and I want nothing to do with it on either side. There's no real prop. I'll take a look at Lou Dort. If Lou Dort is reasonable, if Trey Manor is reasonable, let, let me look right now. I, I don't know that they're up because I – I think even the books are struggling. It's like, dude, Gideon SG, everything has run through these two. Like, I, I don't really know what to do, but let's see. <clears throat> yeah, Lou Dort's, uh, Lou Dort's point total is at 17 and a half. Trey Mann's at 14 and a half. Both, Lou's isn't, isn't juiced that much, um, but Trey Mann's is... Let me look at how Lou Dort's been. I, I honestly haven't seen. Again, Lou Dort's been a. Let's see. Okay. He had 20 points in 29 minutes last game on 15 shots. 13 points the game before, 10 the game before. Has not shot it well at all. Um, you know that he shoot 30% from the field. 20% from three and still averaging 14 points. Yeah. Like I think my favorite play would be Lou, Lou Dort over 17 and a half. He's going to be the number one option on this team. And that can go badly because uh, it means his shots are going to be tougher, but uh, the usage should be there. The usage should be there, but if... shit, man, I'm not playing it. I'm probably not playing it. All right, let's get to the last game of the day. The Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors. 
spreads one and a half. Basically, what the books are telling us is that they think the Warriors are slightly better than the Suns. And I couldn't necessarily disagree. I think it's going to be a really good game. And the Suns have been impressive, right? I'm on the record saying I was a little bit concerned about them. You have the Robert Sarvard thing hanging over them like a big cloud. You have the DeAndre Ayton thing. Uh, you have the Jay Crowder thing. There were a lot of things coming into this season that made you like think like, eh, I don't know about this team. Um, but they, for the most part, you know, shut down a lot of those reservations. Week or day one, big win at home against the Dallas Mavericks. Like they easily could have folded. They were down twenty something in the second quarter. Come back, grind that one out. Lose in Portland, but we've seen very tough place to play. Nuggets lost in Portland. Um, Kings, hold on. <sighs> Excuse me. Uh, Lakers and Kings both lost to them at home. Um, went to overtime. There are plenty of times the Suns could have put that away. And then Suns took care of the Clippers last night. So this is a, on the road. It's a, it's a very good Suns team that I'm not ready to just uh, – I mean, I'm not ready to like crown them, but uh, they're they're definitely in my eyes exceeding expectations, and and it really all starts and ends with Book. He's playing phenomenal, um, and you get him at you get the Warriors at the crib. You know the you know the Suns are going to get up and and are ready for this game. So um, I think the spread's fine. I think it's a toss up game. I could definitely see the Warriors winning, uh, but I w- I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Suns pull this one off. I could, I, I do have two props that I really like here, um, and the first one is going to be Andrew Wiggins. Over 16 and a half points. Already locked it at minus 110. It is up to 17 and a half, but um, where I would have it is 17 and a half at heavy juice. And right now it's 17 and a half at uh, minus 110, normal juice. So I think it's still worth a play if you're looking for something in this game. Um, I just think the books have not quite caught on to Andrew Wiggins' uh, new usage this year. Um, he's averaging 16 shots a game, which is two shots more than last year and 16.7. So it's almost, if you're rounding up closer to three shots more a game this year, and that might not sound like a lot, but it is, it is. If you're shooting 50%, that's an extra, you know, um, three shot, three points a game on your average. And on top of that, Andrew Wiggins is just in a really good rhythm right now. Like he, he, yeah, the, he's getting those shots, but those shots are going in too, right? He's shooting 52% from the field, 38 from three. He's right now their second option offensively while Jordan Poole's still working himself into a rhythm. There's no real blowout risk, right? Like, could the Warriors or Suns blow blow the other team out? Sure, but there's less risk here in a spread that's plus one and a half. Um, the minutes are cool, right? He's played 32, uh, or sorry, he's played 31 last game, but they blew out Zach. Well, they didn't blow him out, but, you know. It was handled 37 against Denver in a game they needed him, right? So that's more baseline of where I'm thinking. Uh, and then 30 in the Lakers game when they blew him out. So he should see 32 to 34 and with upwards up to like 37, 38 if it's like really, really close or they're losing. Um, and yeah, I'd have this at 17 and a half heavily juiced. I, I just think it's low. Andrew Wiggins is different this year. He's He's got a... I feel like it took them a little bit to get comfortable in this system because the Warriors run a much different system. And now that he's comfortable, he's picking his spots. He's choosing, you know, he's very aggressive in the spots that he knows call for him to be aggressive. Where Before he was still thinking about it. I love uh, 16 and a half minus 110. Yeah, give me that, please. Give me that, please. All right. 
<clears throat> other prop I like is uh, Jordan Poole over four and a half assists. Um, obviously, we were on it last game, fell an assist short, even though there were plenty of chances. Um, but yeah, he's he's still averaging 11 potential assists a game, right? So that's six assists of cushion. It's a game that they're going to need him, right? Like he's going to play 30 minutes tonight. Um, and we're getting at that plus, I think we got it plus 128, maybe 127. That's just ridiculous. I, I don't think you should hang that. I, I don't necessarily even like disagree if you want to hang four and a half, like five and a half is probably too much, but if you're going to hang four and a half, to me, it should be heavily juiced, not plus 122. It's the opposite of that. To me, it should be four and a half minus 125, 130. Um, Given the situation that we're going into tonight where there's very little blowout risk, Jordan Poole is going to have to play. Um, and two, the fact that it's one, yeah, 127 is just ridiculous. Like, that's that's really nice. That's really nice. I, I think Jordan Poole has a, at worst, a 50% chance to hit this. So we'll, we'll hop on the end. 50 is 50% chance is minus 110, you know? So we're getting plus 127. I gotta like it. I gotta like it. But that's about it, guys. Baby slate today. Um, end up having three plays for me to sort of recap. Jordan Poole over four and a half assists. I'd hit anything plus money. That's four and a half. Anything plus money, four and a half. I think is a go. Uh, Andrew Wiggins over sixteen and a half points. I'd hit it up to seventeen and a half minus one ten. Right? Like I think it should be seventeen and a half at minus one thirty. Um, similar thing. And then we've got the Wizards minus five back on the spreads. The spreads are nervy, but like, I really think there are a lot of issues with this Pistons team. And while this Wizards team isn't sexy, um, I think they're solid. And more often than not, they're going to give you a solid performance. And I think a solid performance is enough to beat this Pistons team by five plus. Um, other than that, guys, you can take a look at Lou Dort, take a look at CJ McCollum. I'm personally going to be waiting for uh, Trey Murphy props. I think that could absolutely be value. He's not like this household prospect, um, you know, that that the books are really in tune with. So it's not up. I, I think we got to wait on it. But um, if it's somewhat reasonable, like if, if you're getting Trey Murphy at like 14 and a half or less, I like it. If his points, rebounds, and assists are at like – 22 and a half or less maybe even 23 i like it i like it maybe even a little bit more like the trey murphy's gonna play 35 minutes tonight and he's been a great permanent producer so um keep an eye out for that but uh thank you for taking a listen and vibing with me uh hope your nba season is going well we're 12 and 8 a little over three units uh looking to keep it going I love you all. Please remember to like, subscribe, five stars, all that good stuff. At Hoop Drive on Twitter. And we're out. We're out. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace.